Gibbo, you're in the Goldilocks zone. Gibbo, you're about to inhabit life. And producing life. You have liquid. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see what it carries around in its pockets. I'm Andrew Stapleton and joining me today are Cameron Shearer. Hello, Andrew. And Christopher Gibson. G'day. All right. What's in your pockets? Yay, let's do it. I've got nothing. I can tell you why I've got nothing. Glasses case. Okay, yep. okay, no worries, Chris. I was actually in the middle of <laughs> saying what I have Chris in my pockets. <laughs> Obviously too boring. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Chris Gibson. Keys and wallet. Hold on. In back pocket, I have lint. And that's it. Cameron, sorry about the interruption. So sorry. Right, I'm going to... Quiz Chris later, see if he's listening. <laughs> I've got nothing in my pockets. I already said that, haven't I? Yeah, yeah that's right. But had I said that, Chris? No, I'm no, I just, now. I just plowed on, on through and, and, and barged on in, like I always do. This podcast has got off to a terribly <laughs> argumentative start. Bring it on, Andy. Your what? pockets. Oh, oh, Cameron is over here, so is he, yeah. Is he still going? Yeah. He, he said he's got nothing in him. No, but he was going to say a reason why. Oh. <laughs> Boring. I've got, uh, hole, I've got holes in both my pockets. <laughs> and so the whole day today, normally I have yeah. phone, wallet, keys in my pockets. So today I've just been walking around with them in my hands. <laughs> it's been quite awkward. You didn't notice I, I rocked up at lunch today with phone and keys in my hands as well as my lunch. I never noticed it, I have to say. Jesus. I never noticed it. Jesus. Did you notice I was in there uh, at lunch today? Vaguely. I only usually <laughs> notice myself and that's it. I like the way Chris is going around his own little reality bubble. <laughs> hmm, Christopher Gibson's here. I'm having a great time. That's the life of Mega Man. The life of me. Um, all right, in my pockets. Oh, yep. what I tell you what, I love carrying. You knew shit, this right? was gonna. You knew this question. Well, was I knew coming it was coming, too, but so. I didn't change it. All of her hair. Um, That's no surprise. <laughs> well, it's a long girl one. <laughs> I hope it's Kate's. Otherwise, she'll find out that I'm cheating. Um, <laughs> Edit. There we are. And look, that's. Well, that's a lot of coins. Two. Oh. For six, eight dollars, and as a freelancer, that's my uh, hourly rate. Hey, <laughs> there you go. That's Andy's weekly pay packet, right there. Yep, right there. That's, so that's it. what I got to pay you for the conversation during dinner. Absolutely, yeah. So for the podcast, I've got my phone, um, a little tiny wallet, and my keys with uh, light and little multi tool on it, and eight dollars. Okay. What would science carry? Tweezers. <sighs> Tweezers. So, That's really specific. Why would they? Carry, why would it carry tweezers? To pick things up. So in my lab coat, I always like to have tweezers oh, good point. in my pocket. Yeah. Um, Gloves to not contaminate samples and surfaces. But like a pocket full of different types of yeah. gloves. Yeah. I mean, I yep. think as soon as your Come on, a, a glove goes yep. into your pocket, it becomes contaminated. No, no. You just turn it inside out and wear it inside out. Then. Chris using his condom rule for double use. <laughs> <laughs> so, are, are you at least agreeing with me that it would have tweezers? It would, I think. Yeah, tweezers. look, look I, yeah. no, yeah. I've, I've, I've come on board with the tweezer recommendation. Magnifying glass? No. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, news from the week. It's been a couple of weeks since we last met up, and that's my fault because I was busy. So... Because well, I said that. Good for you for being busy. Yeah, Andy. I'm so busy and important. So you were busy on one evening last week, and Chris and I were busy nine to five every day last week. Yeah, like I can't. Uh, nine to five is my time off these days. <laughs> well, uh, nine nine to seven for me because I work so hard. No, you usually don't. seven Fuck to off. seven, seven a.m. to seven p.m. Yeah. Check my emails I send. Yeah, we taught you how to delay send. <laughs> well, you spoke about it. <laughs> Doesn't mean I learned how to do it. <laughs> That's true. Um, so my news is that um, freelancing involves way less time in my underwear than I thought it would. Oh, that's um, a shame. Yeah. So what's stopping you um, not being in your underwear? Uh, oh, uh, no reason other than, uh, was it self-respect? 
I don't imagine you was the kind of guy who, when it's hot, would just take their top off and walk around the streets. Uh, like rug, an Englishman. Rug out. So it would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, have I done it in the past? Yes. Oh, you've done it in the past? Well, but not as an adult, not as a hairy chested. Like, I've got hairs on my shoulders now. <laughs> I can't be dealing with that shit. You know, it's bad when you, your partner, Kate, she was like, have you ever considered laser? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, anyway, so that's so I've, I'm not earning very much money either. Um, but I went to the ASC conference. Now, that stands for the Australian Science Communicators Conference. And okay. it was great. But there were no scientists there. Yeah. Do you think I would have got received an invite to that through email or if I had to search it out somewhere? No, that you have to search it out. It's so weird. And also they put it at the same time ARC grants need to be kind of like finalized and sorted out. Okay, so real researchers would have been real researchers to, to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what, boys. Mm. Networking. Network the shit out of it. I approached, and my, my little rule was that I would look, if I made eye contact with someone, I would go over and say hi. Oh, wow. Did you keep to it? I kept to it. It even involved me stopping people for conversations on stairs in the, like, just in the way. And oh, so wow. I was like, right, hi, my name's oh, Andy. So you didn't have to know of them at all? No. Nope. You were just, okay. And I was there to find out who they are, what they, what we could do together, and th- that was it, really. And I yeah. carpet bombed. Boop, 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 my business card. Okay. All the way through that bloody conference. Oh, wow. Yeah. But Good it worked. You, Good on it you. worked because today I found I was like chasing like five or six leads. <gasps> so I'll be letting you know how hard and uh, sad and depressed I get. So have you. How learned- hard I get. I did- <laughs> Hang on. Let me rephrase that. How hard it is. <laughs> What's it? <laughs> and sad and depressed I get. So the moment you're just hard and sad. No, I'm just. <laughs> 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 oh no, that went terribly. All right, other news. I've got too much news. Oh, so Cameron, Cameron can go second and I'll go last. No, I've because you're huge dr- amounts of news. Huge. Give me, always. I always say, give me three, and you always say, you just blow through it. How many have you got? I've got about six. Jesus, Cameron. I can edit him out. So I can't exactly remember if we've mentioned this before or not, but I had a paper accepted recently. Yay! As Andy said, it's been a while since we last recorded. I'm mm. not sure. I don't think I mentioned it on that recording. Uh, so this one was published in Solar RRL. No, I would remember that. No, Solar no, haven't talked R- about that yet. R- like Solar, not IRL, like Solar in real life. No. <laughs> what do you think RRL might stand for? Oh my goodness! Really rough liquid. <laughs> okay, Gibbo. Um. Red Ready Liquor. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, Solar Rapid Research Letters. Oh, Rapid Research Letters. That makes R- sense. RRL, yeah. uh, published by Wiley, and mm-hmm. we will call that an official uh, publisher. Unlike other things that we've had, you mean? Like yeah. the, ma- ma- the Journal of Materialomics? Materialomics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that one, uh, very good work uh, by one of the PhD students that I work with. And... As I mean, they do often ask this. Uh, they had like a PS at the bottom of the acceptance letter from the journal saying, uh, if you think you have something suitable for publication as the front cover, we would be happy <gasps> for you to send it in. Ooh. Oh, and? So we sent something in to get published as the front cover for Solar oh. RRL. Yeah, and you don't know yet. I know. <gasps> Cameron, you tease. My front cover page image, which I made, all me, yeah. has been accepted Ooh. as the back cover. Uh, <laughs> we have to have special music for that, don't we? Some, what's, what, like, what's the sound or music for a back cover? Look, it's... <laughs> I'm not sure. It's still impressive because... It is, it is. Sometimes, it is. like you've got a 50-50 chance if someone's got a physical copy of it landing your image up. I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah. There we are. Oh, good. good. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't really sure how it would go. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if, how well people know when you uh, submit a cover image, you are expected to cover publication charges for that cover image. <sighs> Another scam. Another scam. They're reeling in the money. They're just like more money, more money, more reasons for money. Give me money. And so I haven't seen the invoice for this one yet, but in the past, it's been something like 
1500 euros holy shit so that's a pretty significant amount of money for something which i mean no one's ever going to buy a a rough cop uh a hard copy of Solar RRL, are yeah. they? <laughs> I'd say no, probably not. Uh, but you do see these images like as you scroll through the contents online. Okay. And then I also do have this, you know, that wanky thing people do at conference talks where they'll show the cover images yes. they have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, all you need to say is cover you don't even need to say back, back cover. No, I'm not lying. No, exactly. That's true. Absolutely Oy, true. There we are. So one of their editors wrote a 200-word piece, kind of describing the journal, the paper that we that we yep. wrote, saying that you know this this work's been just accepted and published in Solar RRL. Well, Lardy, that's pretty good. That's Look, pretty I'll good. tell you what, I've yeah. been out of the science game for about a month, and now you guys, you guys are right. Well, I don't know about you, Chris Gibson. You haven't gone yet, but you're kicking, kicking it out of the park. What else, Cameron? I've got a new segment. Oh, what? Hold no. on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what? I propose new segments. Oh, Gibbo, the game's that, on. No way, man. On. This is not how it works. Come on, Gibbo. All right. All right. And so unlike Gibbo's segments, this is about us. This is a P-pop segment, not a Gibbo segment. Oh, oh. that's beautiful. I, oh. I already like it better than right. Gibbo's so, section. This is that. the running countdown or count up. For the P-Pop Scientist of the Year. Excited already. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to know who's the best scientist out of all of us this year. Oh, God, I'm going to fail this one. (laughs) And so I'm going to go more on the impact we're having in the field. Mm. Because it's easy to push papers out. What you want is you want citations. Okay. Okay. So I think we should do it. Uh, as the number of citations for the year divided by your total number of papers. So dividing by zero this year. Excellent for no, me. The papers in your career because everything's oh, okay. collecting everything's course, collecting a site. Yep. Yep. Well okay. no, no, I think uh, no, he knows just on the he's on the mental map. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Let let me ponder that. Let, yeah. let, we, you know, we've got time. We can go over the metrics uh, as the year progresses. Put it this way: if I end up being in the lead, we'll stick with that. <laughs> but that's a great idea, Cameron. That's a great idea. All right. So we've got the leaderboard. Go. Now we're we're getting this only from Scopus. Sounds good to me. All right. C. Shearer cites this year thirty six. Boom. Current number of papers in Scopus forty. Giving me a P-Pop Scientist of the Year score of 0.9. So that's that 36 citations divided by 40 papers. I'm looking at I'm nervous. All I'm right. nervous. Gibbo, 42 sites for the year. That's mm. more than me. That's it's six impressive. more than me. It's impressive. Uh, but you've got 61 papers. Well, two of those are refereed conference papers. Do we count those or just journal articles? It's all on Scopus. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> giving you a P-pop site score of 0.7. Oh, that's, that's lower. Behind, that's, a, that's a lower number than my 0.9. Year's, year's not done yet. Year's not done yet. <laughs> now, Andy, this will be oh. the last year, I think, where we can run P-pop science of the year like this. I think so, yeah. I'm, I'm out. Uh, you can't even self-cite yourself. So you're on 12 Cheats. You're on twelve sites for the year. Yeah. 14 publications. Yeah. Gives you a P-pop science of the year score of 0.85. Oh. So you're sitting in second you're place. You're fucking ahead of me. <laughs> I love this metric. <laughs> I've done way less work. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Loving it. Loving the segment already. I have to start right. citing myself and not no, cite papers that you guys are on. No, no, we're getting rid of the self cites We're taking out self uh, right. We're taking our self cites Yeah, sorry, Gibbo. That sorry. was the current score for the P-pop scientists of the year. <sighs> you, you finished with your, uh, your rubbish segment there, Cameron? <laughs> it's our segment. <laughs> our rubbish segment. <laughs> All right. All you Gibsonites out there, don't you worry. Don't you worry. I will catch up and overtake. This um, is, I know exactly Stapleton what's going to happen. And Shearer, don't you worry. He thinks, right? We're like the Friends TV program. <laughs> Together, we're quite strong. He's going to produce his own spin off podcast like Joey, <laughs> and no one will listen to it. It'll be called Gibby. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. All right, Gibbo. All right. So, um, Lots of Gibbo's news, as always. Lots of great stuff to report. 
One thing I looked up um, on, on uh, email, I actually looked up when we did our first podcast. So I looked up the date where we recorded our first podcast okay. at Andy's place, and it was yep. the 17th of Feb. <gasps> was it? Yeah. So it's uh, we've gone past the one-year anniversary. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. Happy birthday to you. That snuck up, didn't it? Today's One the 27th. Year of doing yeah. This. yeah, over oh. a year now. Over a year, year and 10 days. It only feels like five years. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So that, that snuck up. I can't remember the date when the first podcast got, got put out there. No. Um, I so we should celebrate that when we that happens. We should celebrate as well. that. So, yeah, great news, everyone. It's been over a year, and it's been pretty, pretty fabulous. Well, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for their support and their love. And um, yeah, thanks, guys. We put out an episode every two weeks, like yep. clockwork. Like clockwork. So uh, one year is episode twenty-six. That's right. Which is this now? No, that can't be right. Yeah, no, it is. Because we celebrated 25. We, we did 25 last time, so this is 26. It, it makes re- sense. It makes sense. So we probably should have celebrated 26 instead of 25. <laughs> <laughs> I just like... That's all right. It's close oh, enough shit, together. I didn't think of that. There's 52 weeks in the year, isn't there? We lo- Look, we love kind of quartery numbers. Yeah. yeah That's good. Yeah. Metric. Science likes to round down. Anyway. All right. Big news. Just Big. got a paper accepted into the awesome journal 2D Materials. What? 2D Materials? Yep, you mean there's, there's materials that don't have a third dimension? I don't yep. believe it. And Just, there's a journal with that name? Yep. Yep. 2D so, Materials. Impact factor 9.61. No, that's quite Whoa. big, Gibbo. Take that. And guess what? There's only four authors on the paper. Yeah! Where are you? And you'd be first to last, I imagine. I would be third. That's the second last. Is one. that the least powerful position in that order, Gibbo? Of the second and third author, it's probably about the same. Not as powerful as first, oh. not as powerful as fourth. Ooh. But there's only four authors. So there is. So that's well great. done. That's Excellent, great. Gibbo. Well done, Love Gibbo. it. Love Thank it. you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, another story. <laughs> I played Cameron recently in stick cricket. Yeah, you did. Stick cricket. It's yep. a computer game. Ah, okay. I won. Whoa, yeah. that's right, Cameron. Your fucking Cameron. face. Yeah, take yeah. that, Cameron. Yeah, you're always trying to win, and you didn't win. That must suck for you. And then we played again <laughs> on Friday, and I won. <laughs> <laughs> there was no photos taken of the screen, no screenshots taken. There is actually no physical proof. I have it in my phone. So while Cameron can say it happened, there is no evidence that it did. <laughs> so Andy. If you wanted to uh, get the evidence of winning a computer game against someone, yeah, how would you take the screenshot? Shift, print, screen button. That would work. Yeah, yeah. Chris has taken his phone out. Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, not only. I oh, know. I shouldn't have brought this. <laughs> Fuck! I know where he's going now. Yeah. He's taken the phone out, and the first, <laughs> the first, he's holding up like you know. Uh, Head height was this computer screen. Yeah. Phone straight up in the air. Yeah. It goes flash, flash. The flash hits Chris in the eye. (laughs) Chris throws his head back because of the flash getting him in the eye. The picture gets saved of half of Chris's head as he's throwing his head back from the flash. I shall uh, transfer that photo from my phone and we shall put it on the Facebook site. Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. But then he did take about 10 photos of the actual screen. Now, now. I have a new segment called Gibbo's Modest Observations. Gibbo's Modest Observations. Go. So this is me talking about other people's achievements and being modest. There's no point, <laughs> there's no point having a, an opener for any of his segments because they last one episode. <laughs> Now, everyone knows I've always carried myself with Jesus a certain quiet dignity. Oh, I've not heard every, that sentence for a while. Quiet dignity is like a religion to me. And I noted recently on Scopus, I didn't. I actually uh, looked myself up on Scopus and then I decided to do something crazy and I looked up some other people. I looked Shit. up Andy and Cameron. Scientists other than Chris Gibson. I looked up you guys. Shit. And you know what I noticed? That what? last year was for both of you... Your top year for papers published. Yeah. Did you know that? Did you know that? Yeah. Not about Cameron. 
But for you, me, I top did, you yeah. for you and top you for you, Cameron. Time to so, go out. That's why I left. <laughs> You're leaving on go top. Go out on top. So my modest observation is well done, guys. Well done. Whoa. Yeah. There nice. you go. Gibbo, thanks. There you go. Well done, Andy and Cameron. Thanks, Gibbo. All right. That's not the end of it. <laughs> I knew it. Back to me. The spring constant paper that Cameron and I are on with John Sater, titled A Virtual Instrument to Standardise the Calibration of Atomic Force Microscope Cantilevers. This work has a website associated with it, and that website is called The Global Calibration Initiative. And that calibration initiative, that website called the GCI, now has a little video published with it mm-hmm. on how to use it, and it's on YouTube. Links will be established via the social medium called Facebook. Well done, Gibbo. I encourage everyone to go and have a look at the Global Calibration Initiative. That's it. That's all of Gibbo's news. Have we got any more time for the podcast? Is that done? No, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Bye, everyone. We had a lovely time. (laughs) All my sweaty little bum buddies. I am sweating. It's hot. It's a hot day in Adelaide. It's only going to get hotter. It's a dry heat. Our topic for the day isn't a topic. In fact, we have been so mm, preoccupied recently that we have not answered any of your questions on the forum. So today, everyone, get excited because we're going to do a mega answering session. Sorry, listeners, we've been letting you down. AndyMatter.net. 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 All right. So my question well, came Andy, from... Andy, why don't you ask uh, the question? Oh, I yeah, haven't, I haven't got it written down. Oh, I've got You'll it. have to introduce right. your own question. All right, paraphrase the question. So, uh, El- Teacher Cameron Sorry, in the room. Sorry, taking over Andy's <laughs> job here. So- <laughs> so I, I ignore you guys anyway and just ramble He on. didn't even hear anything I said anyway. Uh, so my question comes from El Groover. That's my nephew, Alex. Hey, Alex. Thank you, Lecky. Um... His question is, on the uh, latest hit TV show, Westworld, it is mentioned that the androids that populate the park are 3D Uh printed and not Mm machine-based. My question is this. Do you think it is more feasible to have 3D printed androids complete with synthetic muscle, skin and bones over androids with machine parts, a la X Machina? X Machina. X Machina. X Machina is a... Movie that came out, I think, last year that deals with a your sort of standard-looking robot with machine parts. Actually, like the that. the robots look human, but they do have machine parts inside them. Yes, machine parts inside. In fact, the the bits I've seen, I haven't actually seen the film, but there are some bits where you can see she's got like a fleshy face, but you can still see the the robot components. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, sexy. So I thought that's a very good question, and I think the three D printing idea is a good idea. It is a good idea. Schoolless. But are we at that stage at the moment where we could 3D print uh, a body? Now, to be able to do that, you need multiple materials to be 3D printed. Yes. Now, I hadn't thought much about it. I'd always thought that maybe we could only 3D print uh, single components, single materials. But I did look up on the web and there are some... 3D printers today that can do multiple materials, three different kinds of polymers and things like that. That's good. So that's impressive. But I think the problem with it is, could you 3D print the brain of an artificial intelligence? This thing has to be human intelligence. It's an android. And I'm not... I know it's a computer chip. I know, but I don't, I'm not sure if we're at the stage where we could 3D print that. So the actual mm. brain might have to be made separately. Now, I can imagine uh, an android being produced like on a production line, like a car. Yeah. So different components come along, they're assembled, they're sort of, you know different segments, different sections they're put together. The brain is perhaps put on a, a production line as well and printed and things like that. So you're talking printed. And all I can think about is real dolls. Oh, what's that? I've never heard of that before. Real dolls are like they're super expensive sex dolls that cost like three grand. And that they're made on production lines like that? They're made like in that? production lines, yeah. Holy shit. I was thinking more like the Terminator. Mm. If you remember the Terminator from some of the films, that's how they're assembled. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think that the ex machina style is probably at the moment the more likely android body and brain that we will see. Okay. Uh, now, what's interesting though is I actually went and looked up a bit more information about this and there is these things called biobots. Well, they're actually talking about growing like a biological robot. 
biobots. And in that, they talk about 3D printing. So 3D printing, sinew, muscle, biological components. So I'm at a bit of a quandary now oh, because that technology Alex. is already emerging. My, my thought is still the brain is still going to have to be some kind of silicon-based machine and I still don't think 3D printing, certainly this stage, is up to the task of doing that. The body, maybe, but the brain, no. So I think in a way we're still thinking like a production line kind of design. Yeah. And that's my thoughts. You guys want to weigh in? Well done, Gibbo. Any well thoughts? Done. Any disagreements? Let's, let's disagree. Let's say, Gibbo, you're wrong. Let's do it. Chips are 3D printed already. Circuit board? Circuit boards yeah. are 3D printed? Yeah, they're, they're printed in 3D. Um, so there's no, like, I'm thinking like a production on like stamping and things like that. So everything in it is 3D printed. The, the chipboard, the circuits, all the different components, like what the Pentium mean, chip. What do you mean by 3D printing? So, so 3D printing I think of as like, you know, uh, one of the devices where um, a polymer is infused it's cured, and then you have a device doing this, and it makes like a cup or something like that. Okay. Mm. That kind of device. All right. And now show me 2D printing. Uh, well, no. All right. You answer this. Can you, can, can <laughs> you, can you 2D print a circuit board with silicon, gold, and different metals? Well, I suppose. No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, he's, uh, he's supposing. No, I don't think you can. He's I don't, supposing. It's a, I don't a think you can. series of 2D materials. There is a kind of printing element to that, I'll admit, but the 3D printing I think Alex is talking about is the kind on Westworld, so we actually mm. see the device knitting things together. And I don't mm. think I don't think that's what we're doing with computer chips at the can moment. Can I just point out excellent movements? It's a shame they'll never be captured the on hands a podcast. Moving Look back at that. and forth. Back I and hope forth, they can hear the, forth, the wind. Back and forth. Oh. There you go. Gibbo, loved it. Well done. Thank loved you. It. Thanks, Thank you. Alex, for your question. I've got another one from uh, L. Groover. All right, so Andy, which question do you have? I've got one from our forum from Lauren S. But Lauren S. does say that it's not her question. She's posting it for a friend. Okay, okay. okay. We'll, we'll allow that. Her friend is Joe Howie. Okay. And she asked Lauren... Do science projects... <laughs> this is getting meta. I know. <laughs> and then Lauren asked us, do science projects ever get finished? With Ooh. early career researchers always searching for their next contract, do the projects they leave get finished by someone else or scrapped? Mm. Mm. So, listen up. This is what happens. I think what we've got to do is look at, first of all, how a research group is organised. Within a university, there's going to be different research groups that have specialities. Yep. And within those specialities, it gets even more specialized. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It so, do. It do. I'm thinking the group I've just left, Thin Film Coating. That's their bag. That's uh -huh. what they love. That's what they love doing. All about it. All about Thin Film Coating. Nanometers of thin films doing mm -hmm. things. And of course, within mine, I was the mirror section of the thin film coating. So I was using thin films to do something. Mm -hmm. And some other people were using thin films to make conductive surfaces, etc. Specialization within a specialization. If I, like I have, just left, what happens to the project? Well, it carries on. There are so many of me in the world <laughs> that they will fill a one-year contract instantly yeah. Yeah. without much hassle. But there's other times where, and, and that's because I have left prematurely. So that carries on because the project and the money is still there. But what if, as in my job previous to that one, where the, the project just comes to an end? What happens so to there's, all there's that? There's no money left? There's no money left. So that, yeah, actually, that's a good point. So that you could still do more work, but there's no money to do that work. Well, within the little group and the specialization, what I've said is that the, the knowledge that's built up is, is kind of like a transplant. You take the successful parts of that project and you kind of bolt it onto another project. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you go, well, that, so Andy, when he was working here, this worked really well. And you kind of, it, it morphed a couple of times into an honors project. Mm. So they took what I had done 
and use that as a platform to create another little mini project. So yep. in that sense, the project is still continuing, but as a kind of transplant and attached to another another project. And the honors project actually costs them the the research leader nothing. Hardly basically. anything. That's right. They because just it's can't the the only sunk cost is that the 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 honors research student could be doing something else. Mm. That's the that's the cost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else they could be doing? Yeah, but that so, main main project you were on. Yeah, I mean you did complete that project. It got completed, but there was still more. I mean, as there's still with more everything, to do. there's always more yeah. you can do. Do science projects ever get finished? Almost always, never. Yeah, mm. but they do. I mean, the projects come to an end because of the money, and then when that runs out. They will t- take the successful parts of that project and push it across or morph it into to another form mm. for other people within the group. And I think even sometimes when there isn't even the there isn't someone new to take over that say research stream. Mm-hmm. If there's only one person working on it before, yeah, it doesn't just disappear. It kind of goes into hibernation. Yeah, and then yeah. a few years later, all mm. of a sudden there's a new research student or there's a new pot of funding. And then that just kind of just gets kicked up yeah. again. And the research leader at that point has forgotten what a failure it was <laughs> and thinks there's still life left in it. Or so they never realized in the first or place. Or they never realized. That's right. That's yeah, right. I mean, I can't think of any projects that have completely died. Some morph into other kinds of projects, yeah. I think. Some can morph considerably, mm-hmm. change quite a lot, but they never really quite die. No. Uh, before you move on. Yes. So just say like the, the previous job you had, uh, I know yep. the best, so I'll ask you about that. Yeah. Uh, you were making a transparent and conducting film. Yes. So when you've made the best transparent conducting film in the world, mm. I imagine you would then be uh, commercializing it. That's right, right yeah, looking for and so that's that's really the end point or that's like an end point you could you could see a new horizon yeah but we don't normally even look that far yeah, yeah. Mm. uh but then say it is that popular thing it's doing great you're selling your your shipping numbers yeah then all of a sudden like a new application comes up like we have to have it bending mm-hmm. 180 degrees yeah and so you're back to improving it you're back to r&d it's always always finding new applications, new ways, new materials, new... And, like, technology improves, especially in the manufacturing and ma- manufacturing world. So it would be always, yeah, just improvement, improvement, improvement. I said it three times. I'm going to go mm. for a fourth time. Improvement! improvement. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys scared me then. <laughs> wasn't ready for that. All right, now I'm talking, so uh, we'll see you in five minutes, Gibbo. <laughs> Snore. <laughs> El Groover sent in. Um, I didn't write down the whole the whole question, so I have to paraphrase it. Thank uh, you, Lecky. So he's gone. Uh, is transmutation of elements possible? Uh, and then, if so, is it possible to remove waste with the aid of nanotechnology, e.g., a molecular rearranger? Mm. Ooh. So question. I'll break that down into two questions. The first one: transmutation of elements. So alchemy was a field of research uh, for many hundreds of years where the whole goal was to turn some cheap resource like lead into a valuable resource resource like gold. Silver. Shit, got it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we were so good. (laughs) Uh, All right. So that's from one element to another, transmutation. Yeah. Yep. So what's an element? What makes one element different oh, from the other? Oh, a Look at this. All right. The number of protons in the nucleus. In the nucleus, there are also neutrons. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so neutrons, are, they don't have a charge. Protons are positively charged. Uh, but they help to keep the nucleus together mm-hmm. because... Like charges repel each other. So all the positive charges would just repel if the neutrons yeah. weren't there. Yeah, exactly. So they... Nope, that's wrong. The reason protons stay together is because of the strong nuclear force. Oh, look, Mr. Physics, man. The strong nuclear in. force uh, operates over an incredibly short range. You're about to say that, are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when I don't, even, I don't think we said anything wrong either. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, neutrons keep the nucleus together through the strong force, uh, but too many neutrons or too few neutrons 
make the nucleus unstable. And no one can, wants that. Then it can break apart. One of the one uh, example of this is nuclear fission, where an element uh, with too many nucleuses uh, becomes unstable, and then too many neutrons. Neutrons, one nucleus. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That you could have mm-hmm. said I was wrong then, Chris. Yeah, you should have shouted <laughs> out like before, Chris Mickerson. <laughs> you're, you're on you a didn't roll. catch me on that one. You're, That's on, a, you're on a roll. You're so smart. Otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the unstable energy, it then releases the unstable element, then releases energy and out pop two different atoms or two different elements. Bing, bing. And so that energy is used in uh, fission nuclear power reactors. Mm. Uh, and so a popular one is for the transformation of uranium. Uh, it then goes to thorium. Uh, it then follows 27 further steps. And it ends up as a stable element, lead. Mm. So we can turn <laughs> stuff to lead. So, yeah. So not quite lead to gold, but we can no. turn very valuable uranium <laughs> into, into lead. lead. <laughs> so, Perfect. So people need to really start liking lead because we're going to yeah. have a lot of it soon. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so can I use nanotechnology to help with transmutation of elements? Yeah. Uh, and so there's nuclear Fission, I've just talked about, but there's nuclear fusion. Mm-hmm. Fusion. Um, all right. So this occurs in the sun, and it's responsible for all elements in the universe. So this is where two oh, light... You've, you've pulled out the big guns right there. This is where two uh, two elements join together to make... a Two light elements join together to make a he- heavier element, and also they release energy at the same time. In our sun, uh, it's mostly uh, hydrogen fusing together to form helium. Uh, and so in... But in stars, as the amount of hydrogen available decreases, the fusion begins to happen for heavier elements. Mm. So the next cycle after helium is the carbon-nitrogen-oxygen cycle, and this is what happens in red giant suns. Yep. When they get near the end of their lifespan, the fusing starts to get more and more frequent, and so you get more and more heavy elements. Thanks, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, No worries. Yep. Thanks for paraphrasing what I just said. No problem. (laughs) Now, nanotech. Yes, it can help with fusion. There are hundreds of experiments uh, throughout the world trying to achieve this as an energy source. Mm. Uh, the billions of dollars have been spent. Billions. Uh, but at, unfortunately, getting these two hydrogen atoms to interact with each other costs a lot of energy and it's very difficult because they're positively charged and they don't want to interact with each other. Mm. Uh, but... It has been observed before. The problem is that they're not really getting any energy out for the amount of energy they need to put in to make this perfect situation for it to happen in a mm. controlled manner. Uh, so at the moment, the the two ways they're trying to do it is through magnetic confinement where they use magnetic fields to uh, control the placement of the hydrogen atoms in a plasma or inertial confinement where they use lasers. Um, no, it's own science To mm. control the plasma. That's the way it goes. So where in that is the nanotechnology, though? Uh, in the thin film coatings uh, <laughs> and the lasers. Uh, and uh, you also need uh, hydrogen with a mass of three uh, for this, which is heavy hydrogen. It's, Tritium. It's quite rare, but it's actually relatively abundant on the moon. So we could be seeing mining operations on the moon. For tritium. For, for tritium. For uh, yep. uh, he- uh, hydrogen three. There you go. Fancy. There you go. go. Second part of the question. Unless anything else, Chris. I mean, uh, uh, your area of expertise, apparently. Continue, Cameron. All right. So, the second part of his question, if you remember, is Is it possible to remove waste with the aid of nanotechnology, such Mm. as a molecular rearranger? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, I hope he's not after a little robot here as well. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, molecular rearrangement is a chemical reaction. We do it all the time. Yeah. Turning something from some group of elements arranged in some way to another group of elements, that's the same elements arranged in a different way, is just chemistry. But that's more useful. Well, we hope so anyway. We hope. Uh, I've seen a lot of not useful <laughs> chemical reactions. Yeah, yeah. So let's just assume that El Groover is talking about the nanobots. What do we Stop think? Stop going ab- back to nanobots. No, no, this is my question. What do we think about this whole idea of nanobots? We can arrange elements using uh, very sharp tips uh, at very low temperatures. Like mm-hmm. we, um, you can watch a YouTube 
video of a of a cartoon of a man riding a bicycle made from atoms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not using small robots to do it for us. Yeah. But we do use things kind of like that, but it's pretty much just we cleverly change the conditions so that something we want to happen will happen. Mm. So, so yeah, I think so making things say all stand upwards, we can do by applying an electric field, for instance, instead of putting in this powder of nanobots mm. to do it mm. for us. Yeah, certainly that kind of like little nanobot, like little submarine going around doing stuff is just media hype. I just I mean, think there's too many problems you've got. Contamination of whatever that silicon device is, assuming it's oh, made of even, silicon. Oh, but even just like a power source. A power I mean, source for even it. Even just right there. I mean, when you get to that level, forces like electrostatic forces and meniscus forces, they become really powerful. Yeah. And they start fucking up everything. All right, so the question was, possible to remove waste with the aid of nanotechnology? Uh, and so waste, I'm kind of thinking, he kind of wants to get rid of landfill. Mm. Uh, and so some countries actually don't do any landfill at all anymore. Oh. And so someone like Sweden, yep. they import their waste. They then spend a lot of time recycling it. Um, not very. This isn't a very sexy answer. Uh. Uh, so glasses reused, food gets turned into biofuel, metals are reused, yeah. uh, anything they can't recycle, they burn. Uh, so For they energy. turn it from, and then they use that heat yeah. as energy. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. Interesting. Again, we're getting back to little tiny robots. No, little tiny robots? No. It. No little tiny robots. No I don't more. Buy it. Boom. Stop booming <laughs> yourself. <laughs> our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit. Out of an everyday activity. That was it. That was it. Well done, man. <laughs> Thank you. Without and, notes. And? And? This and week? This week, <gasps> it's dubbed The Purge. Woo! So, we all know that science needs a purge. We need to get rid of the aging, gross, floppy-skinned, oh. balding... Dead oh. wood. Oh, dead, dead wood. Dead oh. wood. Clogging up the ivory Flotsam, towers. Jetsam, you're in our way. In time our to get way. It's time to get rid of those, what, tenure track? Is not, they're tenured professors. Or the people who have the easily obtained permanent positions. <gasps> <laughs> I didn't have enough breath in my lungs then. I was like... <laughs> um, okay, so we need to make way for the new early career to mid-career researchers. But how do we do it? The purge, Andy. The purge. How would you instigate the purge? So I was thinking, I needed to science it. I needed just, something. Just put his paper down on the table. I'm really using my hands. I really actually, yeah, this is a this is a Chris uh, a service Chris is providing to me. He's going to narrate my life. <laughs> um, I think it's a great service. Scratching, well done, Chris. Scratching his nose. So we need a metric. We need a metric to find out who to get rid of. Okay. And I want to capture that in one number. Because I'm not saying that all professors need to go. Yep. What I'm saying is the ones that are using the same old science, the same old stuff over and over again since the 60s, they need to go. They need to wait wait for new people. And that's based on creativity. (gasps) Holy shit. Creativity. Awesome. So, you were probably thinking to yourself, how the F, because camera doesn't swear, how the F yeah. do you measure creativity? Mm. How the F do you measure creativity? It's a very good question, Cameron. I like that. I found a paper. Oh. I, pa- I found a mother F in paper, which is the objective measure of scientific creativity. Wow. Psychometric validity of the creative scientific ability test. Jesus. Well, there's some words. Take that title, people. <laughs> <laughs> How do you still have access to journals? Oh, um, there's this um, thing called SciHub.cc, uh, yeah. and you just get around all of the pay stuff. It's excellent. Use a VPN, kids. Stay safe. <laughs> um, this is in a journal called Thinking Skills and Creativity. Impact factor, 
1.46. Ooh, Ooh. that's uh, not terrible, I think. Not terrible, but not for great. A, for, for a for psychology. Yeah, for a journalist with that name, that's pretty high. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what I'm doing is I'm using the creative metric found in this paper to, to, to rate all of the scientists currently in the ivory towers. Okay. Jesus. All right. Now, do you know what they do as a test? No, but I want to know. There's a number of things they do. So, they're saying that this, they're calling it the CSAT, and it measures the potential for scientific creativity with fluency, flexibility, and creat- creativity components. Wow, oh. these guys had a thesaurus. These, Yeah, Shift F7. <laughs> Shift F7 in Word. Life hack. For someone who doesn't know what Shift F7 does in Word, what does that do? Thesaurus. Ah, okay, cool. No worries. I knew that. Thesaurus. I knew that. I knew that. Um, So they looked at hypothesis generation, experimental design, and evidence evaluation tasks. All right. In five areas of science. Let me just get those. And he's reaching over for a journal article. They had tests called the fly experiment. Ooh. I like the sound of that. The change graph. The sugar experiment. Love it. The string experiment. (laughs) Love it less. Okay. The food chain. Love it. All right. What they did (laughs) is they, thanks, Gibbo, they got pretend, well, I don't know if it was pretended, but they got data from these sort of areas of science. Okay. And they showed people. And then what people had to do within a designated amount of time is try to come up with as many hypotheses and conclusions as they can based on seeing that one graph. Ah. So they went, bing, go. And they'd be like, oh, the, the flies are growing older. Blah, blah, blah. Just come up with stuff based on only the graph they showed. Okay. And then they would change the graph. And then you had to do exactly the same thing, but for different areas yeah. of science. Yeah. Then they had to use their scientific knowledge to apply it to, make, to, to actually make sense. It wasn't just about coming up with shit. It was using their scientific knowledge to come up with reasonable mm. conclusions based on the one graph that they had been shown. How long were they given for each of these sort of things? No idea. I, it's probably in the paper. I'll, mm. I'll forward it to you. <laughs> I'll have um, to read it. No spare time today? Yeah? No spare time. No, so busy, 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 busy. <laughs> I'm a busy man. So busy. Busy, 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 busy. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm doing that to all of the academics and... Then they're sat on a vacuum tube. <laughs> oh, <and> sorry, <laughs> I don't know how those two. Are, how are they linked together? I w- that's the least thing I was expecting you to say. There is no connection. <laughs> Big shift in uh, mood. Now. <laughs> now, so I've got now, my metric. Yep. I've got my test. You got a vacuum tube. I'm and putting. I'll... I'm putting two academics sat facing each other on a vacuum <laughs> tube. What? Right? How big is this vacuum tube? Like anus. It has to fit. It has to make. <laughs> Okay. Now it all <laughs> is making sense. Slightly larger or slightly smaller? Slightly larger. Okay. Oh, my Lord. And it, it fits on their anus, right? <laughs> and they both do the test at the same time. Real-time data. Big data crunching. Bap, 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 right? Then they get to the end of the test. They get their scores. They fall down, I don't know, on some sort of like digital readout. Live studio audience? Live studio audience, right? And they're facing each other, remember? Mm-hmm. The one that gets the lowest number is turned inside out via their anus through the vacuum. Okay. They flip the switch, and they're instantly turned inside out. And they're dead. And they're dead. And the other person has to watch them. That's why they're facing each other. Now, okay, so, so death is a punishment. Why, why, why the vacuum tube and the anus? Because I thought that was the quickest way to die. <laughs> Did you look it up? No, I just feel like <laughs> I feel like you know, like those sock puppets that you just turn inside out really quick. You like flick in the air and they turn oh, inside yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. that is a good yeah. way to go. All right, that's weird. Let's accept that. Let's accept that. So they're turned inside out. They're, they're dead. dead. Yep. Boom. Now that's two academics. There's more. What about, we can't just have all these young ECRs coming in with no yeah. skills. Some of them are rubbish too. Some of them are shit as well. <laughs> what? <laughs> Once we've got enough clever academics, we need to do exactly the same with the ECRs. All of them. Holy Sit shit. Sit them on the inside out bum tube. Yeah. 
And so now, Andy, you're 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 the kind of guy who probably would abuse this kind of power. Yes. When are you stopping? Until there's just me left. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've rigged you've rigged this experiment. Yeah. And yeah. So the whole thing is you like sitting on something with a tube around your butt. <laughs> and so you've created this whole this whole lie just so you get to sit with a tube on your butt. <laughs> I've been found out. Yes. <laughs> the purge, hey? The oh. purge. And also my vacuum is just going to be nice and gentle, just to pull a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I can just imagine. It's always on. <laughs> so anyway, so that's how I would get rid of some ivory academics. Fuck off. Go turn yourselves inside out and die. All right. Uh, uh, the, the creativity bit was great. Well done, Andy. I, I tell you what, I would have scored so high on that creativity <laughs> metric, wouldn't I? Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Can we do that next week, next episode? Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. The, the creativity test bit. Oh, not you the, mean the, the anus the... thing? Jesus, I, gonna... I don't want to get that I was just going to bring away. a straw. Chris! Save us, Chris! All right, back to me. So, yeah. Back to the sensible one. The purge. <laughs> the purge. So, I mean, I guess, I guess it's a little similar to Andy in the sense that I do see this as a kind of competition. Yeah, to, good. Oh, that's what the purge is. Yeah, that's it's to, to, to um, you know to reduce the number of dead wood academics through yep. some kind of competition. So I was thinking like a almost like a Hunger Games kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Except it wouldn't go over a day. It would go over a period of eighteen months. That's specific. Eighteen what? months. Yeah. Why eighteen months? Um, because of what the competition entails. Oh, please. Each academic has to produce as many papers as possible. They have to be accepted in real journals. 18 months? In 18 months. Impact factor is irrelevant. Oh, easy. It's a race to the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now. Love it. 50% of the data in each of these papers has to be produced by the academic themselves. Already Ooh. failed. That's really good. I well, like that. There we go. Yeah. We'll see what happens then. If they do not meet the level of papers required for a junior lecturer, that's say four oh, per year or six yeah. over 18 months, yeah. you're gone. See ya. Now, I'm not saying that they're killed or there's a vacuum tube stuck up their bum, but they are eliminated from the competition. Uh, as an aside, I'd also like them to be able to be- bench press their own body weight and scull a jug of Fox Hat Ale. After each paper? At the end of the 18 months, they must be able to do that. <laughs> As a final test? As a final test. Uh, if they're able to do that, that gives them 18 months to build up the strength yeah. of gullet and chest. Otherwise, you're gone. That is an interesting question. Yeah. All right. Thought experiment. Now, all of us go out. We have to make write as many papers and get them accepted in whatever impact journal. How many could you do with, with new data? That's the thing. It's like you've got to do the... What, what we're essentially saying is the peer review process has been made really easy. Yep. So now it's just about collecting data and writing it and mm-hmm. assuming it will get in somewhere. Mm-hmm. So how many? How many? Well, so the crucial months? thing is you, you want to get the papers accepted as quickly as possible. Now, obviously, generating the data is a tough thing, but you need journals that are accept, going to accept things as, as fast as possible. But you could just well. like crap data, crap hypothesis, and then just like use some SEM images. Or yeah. if you need 50% of the data, two data points... Boom. <laughs> and there's all these predatory publishers out there. You pay your two grand, Yeah, it's in. It, so Scopus and Web of Science have to recognize them, but you're quite right. There are some predatory publishers out there. But you've got to so, – so I would put junior lecturer as the minimum number of papers required because because okay. a really good ECR coming in is probably going to come in at the junior lecturer level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if they can't meet that, then I'm sorry, you're gone. Oh, is is that the catch? It's like you're fired. You're but it's fired. Like, you're, you're gone. gone. You're gone, motherfucker. <laughs> that's the adult version. <laughs> and that's it. Now the the bench press of the body weight and the jug of uh, a fox hat. You've just got to incorporate that into the training schedule. Fox hat. Know. What's fox hat? Fox hat is a kind of ale that we can get at the tavern at Flinders. It's about eight percent. Oh, yeah. Love Not it. only will the mind be tested, but the body as well. All right. So the idea of the purge came from the movie. The Purge, mm-hmm. and it's also a commonly done thing in TV shows. So they'll have a Purge episode. Oh, just kill off characters. Well, no, more like they'll just 
uh, like uh, lampoon or spoof the whole idea of the purge. Mm. Oh, where okay. there are these societies right. which are perfect every day of the year, except for this one night of the year where anyone can do anything. Oh, okay, interesting. That's so good, I love it. Or you want to you want to be involved in one of these purge? No, societies? But look at me. I'd be a, I would be the first to die. <laughs> <laughs> but you just take your glasses off, and all of a sudden, Superman, maybe. Probably not. I've Probably seen, not. <laughs> seen you without glasses on before, actually. Has anyone seen the episode of The Simpsons when Millhouse takes his glasses off <laughs> and he's got these two little raisin eyes? That's Andy. <laughs> oh, here it is. No one's making eye contact with you anymore. It's making you feel awkward, chaps. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Back. Yeah. I'm back in the room. Back Ooh, in the room. Thank God. Back in the room. Andy's back. So uh, I actually had an idea that would be so specific that if it actually ended up happening, no. I'd probably get arrested. So <laughs> I'm going to dial back the specificity of my idea a little bit. Uh, but Andy's right. You don't want to get rid of everyone in the higher up positions because that would just create a power vacuum. And so then Around the anus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do anything that Andy said. Because it would kind of power Uh And so then they would just get, all those spots would just get filled up with other people just as bad as who's currently in the position. Yeah. So you don't want too many. You just want to get the bad ones. So once again, yep. Andy was, was right on that track. I love hearing that. <laughs> now, an academic isn't going to do your silly creativity test. They'll just put it off. Mm, put it off, right. put it off, put it off, and mm. just never get around to it. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. So where my purge is going to occur is at a conference. Oh, yeah. And so I have a very simple rule for if someone is stupid or not at a conference. And so I'm sorry if someone out here has inadvertently done what I'm about to say, (laughs) but you would be purged in this conference. Almost certainly I will have done this. (laughs) All right. So you get, uh, when you're doing your talk, you have the PowerPoint presentation and you get given a little remote control. It has a laser pointer has a forward button and it has a back button. Yeah. And it has like a home button or something where you go straight to the end. Yeah. If on the back button and the home button is a little needle (laughs) and on those needles is some poison, if you press back, it means you don't know how to give a presentation. (laughs) Purged. If you press home, it means why would you ever press home? Yeah. Purged. Yeah. Uh, and so that will get rid of enough people that the decent ECRs or whoever else uh, positions are, are available will then be able to uh, apply uh, competitively to get their rightful position. That's brilliant. Can I also add something to this? Uh, okay. I think it's going to be, there's someone at the back with a blow dart with a needle on it. And if they can't read any of your writing, <laughs> purge. <laughs> Shall we just go through all the conference sins and just purge on conference purge. sins? Purge! Let's purge them all! People are going to be dropping like flies at your conference. But I think the older the academic, the more likely it's, it's going to happen. That's perfect. That's the dead wood. Or that's the, the, the older the wood, the dead of the wood. Yeah, I guess that's so. That's what they always yeah. say. That's yeah. what they say. Bloody hell. You guys are brutal. <laughs> Scienced. Science. Scienced. Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band VoiceRom. Check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. And I have a call to action. I was speaking... (laughs) I was speaking... That was excellent. To Jared Payne, who was our contact for all of the music. And I said to him, we're starting to get a few hits on our, our podcast. How many actually come to your band camp site. Okay. And he said, oh, yeah, there's a few click-throughs. He sees them oh, sort he, of turning he can tell? up. He can tell. Okay. Oh, yeah. But it's not turned into money yet. Now, on Bandcamp, you can pay whatever you want for music, for his music. He's got... You can put zero. But this is my call to action for the P-poppers. Let's show our appreciation for voice rom by going to their Bandcamp website and paying something for their music. It can be a dollar, it can be 50 cents, it can be $400. Mm. But that's my call to action. Let's thank Jared Payne and Voice Rom 
Do it, P-poppers. Thank you, Jared. Money's Thanks. coming your way. I'm checking you're doing it as well, Gibbo. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> also, remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, like the Facebook page, join in the forum, and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast. Cameron. You were just listening to Publish, Perish, or Podcast. It was brought to you this week by our future sponsor... Andy's butt vacuum tubes <laughs> for sale from andymatter.net. Yeah, turn this off inside out. Just a little kiss, <laughs> kiss setting. All right, final farewells. Bye from T Bone. Uh, uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>